And welcome to the pre-snap motion podcast episode number 29. We're covering week nine this week. My name is Chad Scott with me as always. My buddy, Rich Rebar. Rich, what's happening, man? In week nine, uh, we are here in the middle of what, of approaching mid-November and it's season, season's been weird, man. It's been unique so like we all thought it would. And, you know, it's, it's for as much as we have to complain about or, you know, players getting injured and games getting moved around. I mean, Listen, fantasy is a game of recalibration, and we've had uh, we had to work this year for it. So, I mean, hopefully, everyone's yeah. teams are doing good and they're doing the proper work and making the proper adjustments. I mean, listen, I have some teams that you know just ran into a buzzsaw and you just can't get out of the hole, but uh, everyone's in there. We're all in the same boat. Everyone's had to live through this uh, from a fantasy stance. So, uh, hopefully, everyone's making the most of it and they're at least enjoying the football that we have. Yeah, and you know the the weird part about the everything is um, this year. I'm, I'm, I'm usually like pretty good about doing my waivers and, and getting that like out of the way either the night before or the morning of, um, and just getting, you know, the, the, the hot pickup of the week. I've rarely done that this year. And for the most part, like I'm doing really well. So, um, I don't know if that's a sign or anything, but, uh, maybe it's, uh, I'm gonna have to start doing that, uh, after this year as well. Who knows? But, uh, Let's get into the pre-snap motion podcast, Rich. It's it's late. My power went out. It is 1 a.m. your time, um, and you stayed up. So uh, the people thank Rich for uh, getting this out in the morning. But before we get going, the midpoint of the season is a pretty good time to take stock of performance for your teams, and it's no different here at Sharp Football Analysis. And we're thr- thrilled to tell you that we are 38 and 23. That's 62% year to date on all betting recommendations. We are we are 23 and 10. That's 70% on all totals, and 15 and 5 or 75% on all computer totals. Combine that success rate with our unparalleled work in fantasy analysis and props. You've got the perfect package. We've just adjusted pricing site wide on sharpfootballanalysis.com. Don't miss out on the second half of the season. Use discount code SHARP25 for 25% off weekly and monthly packages today. That's sharpfootballanalysis.com. Use discount code SHARP25. Uh, There's one really huge news and notes I just want to talk about really quick, and that's obviously George Kittle. Uh, looks like he's seemingly out for the rest of the fantasy season. Um, I mean, everybody on the Niners is basically out for the season at this point or is it put on the COVID reserve list. Rich, this is a big one, man. George Kittle, he's he's a maniac. I thought he was going to be the tight end one this year, but uh, you know the injuries and now obviously this latest injury uh, has taken him out for the season. What do we uh, expect at the tight end situation moving forward for the Niners yeah, it's rough. I mean, listen, Jordan Reed gave us six good quarters earlier in the year when he filled in, and he might be as back as early as today, tomorrow, if they play that game on Thursday. Uh, but, you know, hey, he, he had some production, and he did it with Nick Mullins, too. He did yeah. catch both touchdowns, though, I believe, from Garoppolo. Yeah. Uh, but that's all right. They're gonna have the ball's gonna have to go to to him anyways because they don't have any healthy bodies or anybody to play until this uh, COVID situation clears up. We still know when Debo is gonna come back as well. What his situation is looking like. Uh, so I mean, I'll put him on the board. Unfortunately, you know, Kittle was a guy I did invest a lot into this season. Him and Kelsey. 
Uh, anytime I had like a front four pick, I always looked for one of those tight ends coming back because typically the running backs were kind of gutted and that top tier receivers is also gone. Uh, so I do have a lot of Kittle teams. Uh, so we're going to try to make do and try to get through it. He gave us two monster games and that's really about it. And the tight end position itself, we're down to really two, like I'll clear one tier and that's Travis Kelsey with Kittle removed from the board. Travis Kelsey now is 3.9 PPR points per game ahead of the tight end two, which is Darren Waller. So that's a clear tier gap. And then you have Waller kind of probably in a tier by himself. Uh, and then we've got some kind of guys that I think for us this season, we can still kind of be excited about, and we don't really know what we're going to get from Mark Andrews. He's been a little volatile, but Hawkinson has been playing really well the past couple of weeks. We might get Dallas Goddard on a come up, you know, with him coming back. I uh, know Fant has played okay. I mean, those guys are all us to kind of just hang a hat on and, and we're, we like the upside for those guys, we like the trajectory of their careers, but it's really Travis Kelsey, clear gap to Darren Waller, clear gap to the field uh, from there. Uh, and then if you're outside of those guys, you're just trying to piece it together week by week. Yep. Yeah. You're just trying to get a touchdown in that position. So uh, <laughs> hopefully we can help you out there as well. Um, let's get into a little buy and sell. We haven't done this um, really at all uh, during this season, during the podcast. So, I mean, it is week nine. We're getting, we're kind of crawling to the finish line in most fantasy leagues. Uh, we got five left, five weeks left in most of your fantasy football seasons and tra- trade deadlines are approaching. Who are some of the buys you're looking at and who are guys you're looking to sell as we approach this deadline? we can just kind of kick around like a conversation on some guys we're looking at or some moves maybe we're making in some leagues they could be either high price guys mid price guys it could be a guy that's like you want just because of schedule opportunity whatever um when i look at guys that i think have, have underperformed or someone might be looking to get out from or there's some frustration going on right now that potentially offers the kind of ceiling that you would want to kind of you know kind of cash in on your league the first guy that jumps out uh to me is lamar jackson you know, uh, obviously, you know, Lamar has been in the QB 15 or lower already, you know, five times this season. Uh, so, I mean, he's given us a, a lot lower floor than we would have wanted uh, with the QB one pick. But, you know, we've been talking, we've talked ad nauseum about, you know, why we weren't taking Lamar at one, why we couldn't. Uh, but now that doesn't mean we can't, we can't come trade for him to those who did take him at one and are disappointed. Uh, he's run through a, a lot of a lot of hard schedule, had that like real phantom one week knee injury. I don't know what the story was that, but he has run the past two weeks. And when you look at the playoff situation for Lamar Jackson as a from a fantasy stance, he plays the Dallas Cowboys, the Cleveland Browns, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the New York Giants weeks 13 through 16. Uh, still a guy I would be looking to if I, you know, have been just piecing quarterback through the season or if I lost someone. Uh, and some or someone's just disgruntled. He's the type of ceiling player at a onesie position. Uh, I would be looking to try to get still if I could. Yeah. Um, running back situation wise, um, a guy that kind of stands out to me um, as a possible sell right now is um, <laughs> James Robinson over in Jacksonville. We know the QB situation. Um, they might be even going to a rookie this week, uh, or at least later down the line. You look at their schedule. Um, and you look what's going on there. I just, I don't know if he's gotten us here. Um, and I know it's really hard to sell a, a starting running back who's getting all these touches, but if you can get a good haul for him, what are you looking to get out of like a James Robinson type of running back? Yeah, Robinson is pretty interesting. So, so far the Jaguars have had our second easiest rushing schedule to this point in the season. 
Uh, from this point on, they have their 24th ranked rushing schedule the rest of the year. They do, he does have two softies still right here in a row with Houston and Green Bay. But then you see Pittsburgh pop up, Cleveland, Baltimore, Chicago, all those teams through week 16. The touches are there. The thing with James Robinson that's kind of tricky, and it's probably, you know, case-by-case case basis is just what kind of roster did he land on, you know, uh, because he was he was kind of a free square. He wasn't drafted in a lot of leagues. He was picked up on waivers. Some teams have been using James Robinson as their wide receiver one. Some as their, you know, are, are the running back number one, they're, they're running back two. Some might have him with a stable of guys that they're using. So, I mean, it's case-by-case case basis. It depends on what you are using James Robinson as. Uh you know, it, so you're going to have to find someone that really has a clear. And if you want to move him, you obviously, we just talked about those trail times. You don't target specific players, you yeah. target teams. So you find someone that has a real clear running back need, and then you see what you can get from that roster. Uh, you know, you try to find teams that are just bleeding out of running back. And I'm sure there are, they exist in your league. Uh, so I mean, <laughs> that's the way you would approach it uh, to go from there. Maybe it's a two for one on a return, you know, where you're getting another running back back to fill Robinson's spot. Maybe you have another good running back that you just feel better about the rest of the season. It's going to be case by case basis, but I do think that James Robinson uh, has run about as pure as he could. And we still just don't know if this offense really, is it going to be like, is it going to close the season like it did last year? So far we've been getting, getting there on volume and, you know, Minshew's Minshew was, you know, kind of, you know, solid from a fantasy stance. Uh, is Luton, Luton going to say, have the same floor? Uh, is Luton going to start every game the rest of the season? There's there a lot of questions here that are still, uh, that remain to be answered, but we do know that when they closed last year, they were not used. It wasn't a usable offense, even for Leonard Fournette getting the similar amount of touches that Robinson is getting now. Uh, so I do think that the, uh, he's going to come down a little bit. Uh, like I said, the touches are there. It's hard to just move off of running like touches. So it's not a clear just sell to sell. I mean, but I do think that it will be a situation for James Robinson where he's not performing as highly as he has to this point in the season, the back half of the season. Awesome. And I, we talked about James Robinson as a possible sell candidate. Let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Miles Sanders as a buy. Um Looking at and the, obviously we're we're looking at rosters and 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 how maybe that team has done that Miles Sanders is on. Um, if you're looking at a squad that is uh, in contention but is kind of on that bubble, uh, they have Miles Sanders. Um, I think he's a perfect guy that you're looking to get at this point. He's missed a couple games. Owners might be frustrated. Um, he's on by this week. They could be in kind of a must-win situation. Um, when he is on the field, he has kind of finally been that bell cow back we've been run, looking for in Philadelphia. Uh, is he a guy that you're looking to target at all? Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, you talk about a running back that has that kind of big play upside, and he's also, you know, in routes per game. I mean, he's a top five running back as well. So he's got that passing game usage, although he hasn't been able to connect with Wentz a whole lot on his targets uh, and his opportunities, but it exists for him. He's getting downfield targets. The only concern you have with Miles Sanders now is that, you know, typically we see this a lot. We've seen it happen with Mike Evans. We've seen it happen with Kenny Galladay is that these guys that are injured in the preseason or start the year, they pick up other injuries in season. And that's what has happened with Miles Sanders. And you hope it's just not something else. And when he comes back, it's just not the next thing, you know, when you pick him up. Yeah. But obviously the kind of upside that he has and the kind of usage he has, I mean, it's an offense that's going to get better as we've gone on too. you know, they get Jalen Rager back. They got Jason Peters back. You know, hopefully Lane Johnson comes out of this by healthy. Uh, and they've got the offensive lines in a little better shape. You know, they get whatever Alshon brings to the table coming back. Dallas Goddard just came back last week. So it's an offense that we believe should be on the upswing. He's got that week 16 match against the Cowboys always kind of hanging Great around schedule. there. Great schedule which, coming up, yeah. 
<laughs> which you, which you like as well. Uh, I mean, he is a guy, like I said, you just have to, there is some risk with him as well, just because these guys that do get injured, they tend to, you, you always worry if it's just going to lead to another injury down the line. Uh, like Debo Samuel's another guy, you know, it's just, we, we always see, you always see it. Uh, one injury kind of leads to the next and it kind of snowballs. Uh, so hopefully he's, he makes it through unscathed out of the bye when he comes out of it. Yeah, I mean, Debo's been struggling with this since his uh, sophomore season in college. Mm-hmm. So um, let's stay on the Eagles. J- Jalen Rager is another guy that I'm looking to buy at wide receiver. Um, basically, for the kind of the reasons you have stated, this is an offense on the on the upswing here. Their schedule uh, during the fantasy playoffs is um, one of the better ones out there. Uh, we saw him catch a touchdown last week. Um, not much yardage, but... You know, this is a guy that's obviously the first round draft pick. Um, Carson Wentz is going to have to throw the ball. Um, he he He's hopefully their next wide receiver one. And hopefully we see it in the back half of the season. What are your thoughts on Rager? Well, I think Rager falls in just the overarching philosophy that I employ every fantasy season, which is around the halfway point of the season or during the season is to buy rookie wide receivers. You know, and we mm-hmm. see it all the time, rookie wide receivers – are a slower burn uh, for fantasy football, typically slower than running backs. And we have had some rookie wide receivers, you know, come out of the gates and be really good to start this season. But there are still a lot of guys, I believe that we're going to see their best football play the second half. I mean, even a year ago, uh, Darius Slayton, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Debo Samuel, Hunter Renfro, all those guys from this point on week nine on last year, were all top 40 scoring wide receivers throughout the rest of the season. Uh, this year, we've got a handful of guys, you know, Brandon Ayuk, uh, LaVisca Chenault, Ragor, uh, Henry Ruggs, just coming off a game where he had 90% mm-hmm. of, of uh, the dropbacks. Derek Carr, he ran a pass right on those. Jerry Judy uh, is finally moved out of the slot last week and played full-time perimeter wide receiver for the first time this season. Whether that continues, if Tim Patrick comes back or not, uh, is, remains to be seen. But they did move KJ Hamler into the slot last week. You know, both those guys were slot guys in college. Uh, all those guys, Brian Edwards, even who has practiced now, he, he practiced in a limited fashion today, but is close to returning. All those guys, I think, fit a, a profile that we look for from a fantasy stance to just have the opportunity to be better second half players than they were first half players. And they all might not cost what they would have cost in week one or week two, uh, depending what the rosters look like. But I mean, all of those guys there, you know, across my leagues, I want to acquire those guys and see where it goes. All right. So we talked about the um, buying of rigor. Is there a wide receiver in particular that may, uh, you think has maybe outperformed um, how you think he'll do kind of the second half of the season that you're looking to, to sell if possible? Well, one of those guys is a rookie wide receiver just because he fits uh, a lump. But I think both Minnesota wide receivers are pretty mm. decent sells right now. Uh, not to sell, you don't have to sell to sell. Like I always preface that, but I do believe. Uh, so there was a post, and uh, I don't want to get the Twitter handle wrong, but show, they ran like a, a simulation of like the play, all the wide receiver targets that have happened so far this season and how the players had performed to date and what percentile they were running, you know, based on the probability and both uh, Justin Jefferson and Thielen are like the 90th percentile of their outcomes, like based on their opportunity. Mm. And if you look at like from week three on, they both have identical usage. Thielen has, since Justin Jefferson was inserted in the starting lineup as a full boundary player, Thielen has 37 targets. Jefferson is 34. Thielen has 430 air yards. Jefferson is 433. 
then you look at Adam Thielen, he has 34% of his PPR points have come from touchdowns only. Only Mike Evans is a higher rate. Very hard to sustain that for a full season. Also, Minnesota right now to date has had our number one easiest ranked passing schedule to this point in the season. From this point on, they have our 27th ranked passing schedule the rest of the season. In the fantasy playoffs, they have Tampa Bay and Chicago in their fantasy playoffs. Um, it's also a team that we always know, like last week, that they're willing to just bottom out the pass attempts. You know, there will be games where they throw 25 or fewer times. And these guys aren't guys that are week to week are great together either. They very rarely have great games together. Uh, so, I mean, I, I was hot, really high on Adam Thielen coming to the season. I have him in a lot of teams. I do think that he is uh, a piece that's worth dangling out there when you, because people are going to look at that overall ranking, look at his overall scoring and uh, be enticed by that a little bit as well. But I do think that both Minnesota guys are moderately, you know, sell highs that you can get really good return value on right now too. We're not talking about, uh, trading, you know, someone that's already down. We're talking about t- trading assets here that could kind of net you some guys that I think might just be better the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. That uh, that one hurts. Uh, I love Justin Jefferson. So it's oh, me gonna, too. It's going to hurt. I love feeling too. I know, <laughs> I know. but you know that it doesn't matter in fantasy. You got you just got to look at what you're talking about and uh, and face facts. But uh, tight end. Uh, you mentioned TJ Hawkinson earlier and he has outscored somebody who we thought would be kind of the clear cut number three tight end in Mark Andrews this season. Uh, Mark Andrews has been pretty much boomer bust uh, this year in fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- how, what are we looking for us this season, man? Um, this, this passing offense has obviously come back down to earth. Um, they're, they're just not as efficient as they were in 2019. And I mean, we all kind of thought that would happen, but maybe not to this extent. And um, he's, he's getting, he's getting his cardio in. We know that, but like what, what's happening out there, Rich, what, how can you explain this Mark Andrews uh, catastrophe here? I mean, it really just comes to that passing game just hasn't been in sync at all. I mean, he's playing a lot more snaps. He's played 64% of yeah. the snaps so far this season. You know, uh, his first two years in the NFL, he played 34% of the snaps and 41%. Uh, the difference is, is, you know, his counting stats are kind of down. He's averaging just 3.3 catches, 39.3 yards per game, yards per target down, lowest point of his career. Uh, the most yards he's had in a game so far is 58 uh you know kind of no bueno i said you is know, that true is that true 50 is that yeah. really true <laughs> yeah, it my is, god <laughs> it hasn't been great oh he he's probably he, he had like three touchdowns that game though probably well, he had two he had two games two touchdowns which you know for yeah, a tight yeah. end, that's obviously gonna be a huge spike week and make you make you all arguably the tight end one that week depending on the field played out but there's a lot of things that have happened for the ravens one they just haven't played the passing game hasn't good. Lamar has not been a good passer so far this season. Outside of, you know, he still has a, a moderately high touchdown rate. But outside of, like, passing yardage and efficiency, it just hasn't been there. Second, they haven't played a lot of close games. They don't, they've had a lot of games where they just don't, they don't rack up any volume. Uh, and then, you know, the schedule has been kind of uh, – when, when they have played close games, it's been against tough opponents. It, like I said, the schedule gets really good at the end of the year, but is it going to be a situation where it was in the front of the year where they're just not – in competitive games they don't really throw the ball um he's he's a tough grab i think you have to feel out just who you know how that owner values him uh hawkinson obviously the owner that value has him is going to value him really highly you know over the last couple weeks he's just been he's been really strong so he's going to be a guy you can pay the sticker price on him uh but you know tight ends are tricky just because this landscape there's not a lot of pivots you know how many teams have the actual pivot at tight end um 
you know, it, it's really hard. A lot of teams don't have one good tight end, let alone two on their roster. Uh, so it's kind of a luxury. But if you do, or if you are someone that ran into two, or you ran into Hawkinson as your, because he was just out there, he was a late round tight end, and you might have had Mark Andrews and Hawkinson. Maybe you have them together. Maybe it's time I do. to move in. I do. <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, it's time to, you know, see what you, you can do. To, to the Kittle guy. Look at, look at the Kittle, look at the Kittle yep. team, man. Yeah, absolutely. Right there. I'm actually going to do that after Kittle, this podcast. Ertz, someone had Ertz and lost yeah. him. Uh, you've got a lot of options to kill, still kind of yeah. shop those guys uh, to see what you can get. You know, I mean, if you had Jonu Smith, you know, same story. Like, you might have one of those guys paired with a top tight end, uh, a Waller. So, just based on where they went in drafts. I mean, that's not going to be a case-by-case basis, but it's definitely possible there are teams that ran into those late-round tight ends that have also a good tight end in front of them uh, and they have a luxury to kind of move one of these guys. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be doing that. So I'm glad we talked this out. Um, same thing with Hollywood <laughs> too. I mean, Hollywood, similar to yeah. Andrew, been the same story. Uh, so last year, Lamar to Hollywood on throws 20 yards or further downfield was nine of 18. He averaged 18.6 yards for pass attempt on those throws with four touchdowns so far to start this season. They are five of 16 on those throws, 9.8 yards per attempt yet to have a long ball touchdown. Uh, you'd believe that they would come. I mean, we've already seen kind of the squeaky wheel where, you know, Hollywood tweeted after the game. Uh, they, he did delete it, but then you've seen Lamar Jackson just openly come out today and say like, yo, no, I just gotta be, better getting into the football so maybe we'll see the the squeaky wheel narrative pay off for uh marquise brown you know i obviously he's been a frustrating asset to own either it's, it's like i said it's the ravens passing game in general has been that route uh i he's still a guy i would be willing to just kind of take on just because when you look at his peripheral stats you know in, in terms of target share and air yards uh he still has those peripheral stats that you would kind of want to buy into if it does come together and, you know, probably won't cost you a lot based on this point of the season. Uh, but obviously, we talked about Hollywood, I think, as a potential buy a few weeks ago on this podcast. And you just have to understand what you're buying. Like, th- right. those peripheral stats are great, but the counting stats are still in a situation where you're talking seven targets per game. You know, we love the we love the, the team share of air yards, love the team share of targets. But there are going to be very few points of the season where you get eight-plus targets out of Hollywood Brown. He's got to make – the most of the targets he gets. You have to understand what you're buying. If you think you're just buying a locked-in wide receiver too, you're going to end up still being disappointed like the people that drafted him at that spot are. All right. You, you basically just have to look at him like you did, like maybe peak Deshaun Jackson. Um, maybe not peak Deshaun Jackson, but uh, he's either going to crush you. He's either going to crush you or he's going to crush the opponent um, any given week. Uh, let's also get into uh, – is there anything else I want to talk about? I mean, I got a few more guys to kick around, see how you feel. Will uh, Fuller, we can talk about him. Yeah, obviously paying the sticker price on some guys. You know, everyone talks about buy low, buy, sell high. You know, obviously you hear that phrase all the time. But what about just paying the sticker price on good players, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Will Fuller, I think, is a guy that carries a lot of stigma. Like, I think a lot of people that drafted Will Fuller, you know, outside of, like, the the core fantasy community that was in on him and, and maybe a more agnostic to players getting injured uh, and ignore some of that stuff. But I think a lot of people that have have Little Fuller and have enjoyed this ride so far are still feeling like the other shoe's going to drop. Like when right. is he, right. when, when is the, the boogeyman going to happen again? Uh, Cause we had it in week two. Remember he had like the little hamstring scare against the Ravens and he's been great ever since he scored a touchdown in his past five games, he's actually averaging a career high 15.8 yards per catch while having this newfound, like safe floor. 
Uh, he's he has, you know, he hasn't been any volatile at all. We know what this offense is, where the ball is going in this offense. We know they're going to be pass heavy. Deshaun Watson's played really great the past five weeks. Uh, he's a guy I'd be willing to pay the sticker price on. Cause I said like, there's probably a lot of owners that are still feeling like, Oh, well, he's just going to get injured at some point. Uh, maybe I can move him and him not getting traded was huge. Um, you know, granted he could have went to someplace like Aaron Rodgers and had a good quarterback. Like he's the clear, you know, in a, in a one, a one B situation with Brandon cooks on a passive offense in a system that he knows. And there they, he already has quarterback camaraderie uh, built in and quarterback rapport. I mean, him staying in Houston was really big for the rest of the season outlook uh, for him to sustain being a wide receiver too in fantasy circles. Uh, so he would be a guy I'd be willing to go in and still pay the sticker price on. It's not like, it's not always buy low, and, and uh, you know, sell high, yeah, you know, come in, come in and, and pay what's worth. I think both of the Carolina wide receivers are in that same boat. Um, it's, you know, a lot of people have been trying to fight, like, who's the, who's the alpha in Carolina? It's not, it's, it's not an either or situation. It's both. Look at both of their usage. It's, it's both those guys have wide receiver two usage. They're actually both top 12 wide receivers in terms of weighted opportunity rating. Uh, so, I mean, it's not an either or situation coming in by both. And I still feel like the perception of DJ Moore's season based on those first few weeks to where DJ Moore is now is, is really off base. He's been productive uh, the past, like you, literally the past month. Uh, you know, it's, you had that Thursday night game where only the two tires. He's literally been a good fantasy asset really for the, the totality of the season. He's been a good wide receiver too. I think the expectations coming in, he hasn't lived up to, if you draft him at like wide receiver 10 through 12, absolutely agree with that but he's been there he's a, he's a wider receiver. he's in the wide receiver two area conversation weekly um those are still two guys i would i would like to, to still have too if teams want to move those guys uh i think another guy too is you know, a couple not like league winning type guys but guys that can help you i think depending on your roster uh david montgomery obviously you know not sexy at all but he is 10th among all running backs and expected rushing opportunity he's fourth in expected receiving points uh for all running backs in the nfl he now leads all running backs with 87 percent of his team's backfield touches uh chicago is our number five rushing rank schedule for the rest of the season and our third rank schedule in the playoffs now matchups aren't going to do him in alone we see him a few weeks ago against carolina uh, you know, that's just, just a bad offensive line. He's not going to get a lot of room to run. Uh, but talking about just being able to buy touches, if you're one of these teams, that's just hurting at RB2. You've been just rotating guys around. Uh, and David Montgomery is the RB3 on some team out there, and they're not really playing or they're flexing him. He's a guy that you can buy, and he, he can get you there. He's a, he's a patchwork glue guy. I think at wide receiver, a guy like Sterling Shepard's in the same boat. Sterling Shepard's not going to be a guy that solely wins you a lot of weeks, but you know what he is? He's kind of a poor man's Tyler Boyd. He's got five or more receptions in each of his past six full games played dating back the season, uh, dating back the last year. And he has five or more catches in 11 of his past 13 full games played since the start of last season. Uh, is he a guy that's going to drop, you know, 122 touches on you? Absolutely not. But uh, he is a, a great glue guy, a roster guy to have on your uh, on your wide receiver core to be able to rotate in and out of lineups. Um, and then uh, not to just kind of run rampant here on a lot of guys, but uh, uh, I think Josh <laughs> Jacobs is, is interesting as well. Uh, just kind of give some options there for people. I mean, yeah. look at Josh Jacobs. I just want to talk about a situation because I was down on Josh Jacobs coming this year. We did a hot takes podcast, and my hot, one of my hot takes surrounding Josh Jacobs was that James Conner would outscore Josh Jacobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, looking good. Uh, but <laughs> let me talk about buying Josh Jacobs now for the rest of the season because the start of the season has gone the way I thought it would be. They had a really tough 
uh, opening schedule. And then they, so they've had our seventh hardest run schedule. Check this, the Raiders starting offensive line this season coming into this year, they played just three snaps together all season. Uh, they're going to get Trent Brown back. Richie Incognito looks like he's going to come back at some point this season. The schedule doesn't necessarily get easier, but the rest of the season they have our 17th ranked rough schedule, run schedule, which is, you know, a far cry from seven still. Uh, only Derrick Henry has accounted for a larger share of his team's touches uh, than Josh Jacobs. Uh, you know, he's, he's got a couple okay matchups in the playoffs as well. So he's another guy I think that uh, another sticker price guy, you know, obviously teams that, have Josh Jacobs know that they're getting touches, but a lot of teams that have Josh Jacobs right now might necessarily not be winning fantasy teams in your leagues. He's not been a guy that's led a lot of victories on his own. So the Josh Jacobs owner might be willing to say, yeah, I really got a lot out of this guy uh, with the touches he's had. I'm, I'm willing to package him in a deal as well. So he'd be another guy too that, you know, not necessarily like a, like a super buy low, but like uh, a guy willing to pay sticker price on and go in and grab. Uh, for me, uh, I think I'm going to go with DeAndre Swift and I know it's like totally not like cheap or not cheap, but not, not expensive to get, um, teams are probably super down on him right now. But, um, as we get kind of into the back half of the season, you look at his last week that he did, uh, didn't score very many, very many fantasy points. Um, look at the rest of the schedule. I'm a little concerned about Stafford obviously being out this week with his COVID. Um, but the, I, I feel like he, he's, he's kind of one of these stars in the making at running back. And I've been kind of uh, pounding the table, so to speak, on DeAndre Swift this whole season. Um, Adrian Peterson is clearly not the guy. Uh, his last 36 touches, he's had maybe what, 72 yards, something like that. It was, it's something very, very gross. Um, he's still going to probably get his touches, but you kind of start seeing that uh, Swift is, is slowly starting to take um, a little more grip of that backfield. Um, and hopefully he can get the, the receptions out of the way. Um, I, I, I like their schedule kind of moving forward. Uh, DeAndre Swift is a guy that I, I obviously want on most of my teams uh, for, the, for the playoff runs. You look at Peterson, uh... The past, what, four, four games, rushed 42 times for 112 yards, 2.7 yards per carry. Pretty it's good. It's really hard to kind of figure out what's going on there. Uh, we thought out of the bye we had it. We thought Swift was out of the bag. He had, you know, yeah. 14 carries. And in the next two weeks, this past two weeks, he's had nine carries and six carries. Uh, we yeah. thought we were there. But, uh, you know, the Matt Patricia's going to Matt I Patricia. still have faith. <laughs> I mean, the I talent have... is there, obviously. He's at least shown up. That's so. what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think too. Well, another, uh, the other rookie running back too. I think you look at is uh, Antonio Gibson. Obviously, I'm, yeah. I'm not willing to let this go. I guess maybe it's just a preseason. <laughs> you you and me both. You, you're, he's your Swift. He's your DeAndre Swift, man. <laughs> I mean, the, the <laughs> I mean, the thing with Gibson is like the opportunity's been there, and he's like the the pro, the pro Gibson argument is that the argument was that he was never not going to be able to transition to actual running back. And that has not been the case. He's actually just been a running back and not a receiver. And we know he still has that kind of acumen to unlock. Uh, so, I mean, he's still a guy too. He's just kind of always been like hanging around like flex finishes, but uh, we know that there could be a potential breakout still coming, you know, outside of when he faces the Cowboys. <laughs> right, right. Um, a guy that might not be sexy um, but uh, looks like he is um, good to go this week is Austin Hooper um, mm -hmm. I you know I didn't I didn't I don't I didn't love Austin Hooper coming into the season I, I don't necessarily love him now um, but with, what's with 
what's what's going on in Cleveland right now and with uh, the tight end just being just this shit pool of, of, of grossness. What do you think about Hooper rest of season? Yeah, I like him. He was coming on before that surprise appendectomy. I mean, his usage had gone way up the previous three games. Now Odell is going to be out. We know it's a high tight end based offense. Uh, you know, they're targeting their tight ends 30% of the time. Uh, and they, the Browns have a great passing schedule still the rest of the way out, our fifth easiest pass schedule the rest of the season in terms of pass efficiency. So we kind of know he's going to be on the board here when he comes back, yeah. and he's going to be back after the bye. Um, and it's not like he had a hamstring or, like, some injury. Like, he had a fluky injury, you know, like an right, right. next season. It's, it's not really like one of these things like we talk about with Miles Sanders. Like, you know, is this just another – uh, thing that's going to lead to something coming down the line. This this was just like a random event for Austin Hooper. Um, obviously, again, he falls into that corollary like we talked about with Sterling Shepard and uh, Dave Montgomery. Like this, these are guys to get you through. Uh, but the teams that own those guys not necessarily might not be in a great spot so far uh, to close out their season and maybe looking to move some of these guys. Right, and I think like so, and I saw this name on the list, and this is kind of like the perfect guy if if you did just lose Kittle um, that you can really just get for for nothing if you have like maybe uh, an rb i don't know four that you never play rb3 that you never play um he's a guy that you can you can try to get from the owner and uh really for for nothing and then just kind of plug him in each week and get hopefully those eight to twelve points that you just need it tied in at this week at, at this point um you have anybody else i mean we went over you went over a lot of people um, right there for your buys and sells. Uh, do you have anybody else in particular? Do you want to get to the starts of the week, man? Yeah, we can do some uh, starts of the week. But yeah, I would just say, just emphasize again to people when you're making trades, and we named a lot of specific players, but look at your roster. And when you're going to try to, when you have a strength on your roster, you have depth, like don't think about just targeting specific players either. You know, just your, your, your best trade partners that you're going to find are when you have something that they need whether it be non-specific player related. Uh, so definitely approach trading that way and, you know, kind of go about your business that way. You might have uh, four running backs right now. We might not have named any of them. Uh, and, and you might want to need a receiver and we didn't name a receiver to buy. But if that team has got five wide receivers that they've got and you guys are a match, you know, I mean, that's how you make trades happen. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's just putting the pieces of the puzzle together, man. That's the fun part of fantasy. Um, just kind of look at people's roster, man. See what they need, what you have offered up, and uh, hopefully, hopefully you guys can make a deal. That's the, uh, I think that's probably my, the most fun of fantasy for me is trading. Um, and I, just, I haven't done it much this year just because I haven't had, I haven't had the time, man. Um, I, but, think it's, uh, I think trading might, in, in, I would love to pull people and ask like, if trading is down in all their leagues just because of the amount of injuries. Yeah. Have there been less moves? Uh, Hard to pull the trigger people aren't things. willing to trade depth. Uh, but now that when you're against the gun and you need wins, like you said, you're, you, it's different in like week four and week five. And you say, yeah, well, I'm two mm-hmm. and two. But when you're like, oh, there are five weeks left and I need some dubs. Like so I got to do something. Make, yeah, like, I need to win this week. I need to win this game. And now I have to win next week. There's a little more pressure put on the situation. But I would be curious to know if trading was down uh, across uh, multiple fantasy leagues this year just because of the way the landscape kind of was in earth, constant earthquake. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, quite li- quite literally, right? Um, <laughs> let's get let's get into our starts of the week, Rich. Um, we're obviously going to start at quarterback. Who do you have for me this week? 
Well, I want to do transitive property from last week just because I got railroaded by big wheels. Oh, does a car. Yeah, I, I want to roll car over, man. I want to roll All over. All right, I am too. Oh, see, I, I mean, I still feel like he was in a great spot last week. We just didn't get to see it just because of the, yeah. uh, no, that's, way yeah, that yeah. Game, the way that game shook out. I won't do it for all the guys that I was going to be in that game, but I was really on that game in the middle of last week when we recorded this podcast, and it got nuked by the time Sunday kicked yeah. off. I mean, I went outside on Sunday morning and was just like, oh, boy. Like, <laughs> I'm like 20 yeah. minutes I'm like 20 minutes west of Cleveland, and I was it was like out here. I'm a little more on the lake, too. What of the stadiums on the lake? But I was like, oh, boy, this is going to be an adventure today. <laughs> uh, and still somehow did not bet the under in that game. Like, in the second quarter, I was just talking to my son. I was like, why didn't I bet the under in this game? Like, I, right. did, like, I'm, I was outside the whole day, thought we were going to lose power. <laughs> uh, like, why did I bet the under in this game? This is a joke. Um, but I want to roll over it. As I, like I said last week, I mean, just make this short. Like, I don't think a lot of people have noticed because it is Derek Carr. But uh, even factoring in last week's wind-heavy game where he had a season low in pass attempts and completions and yards, he is still right now has career highs in completion rate yards for passing per game touchdown rate uh the chargers have really struggled they're 24th in passing points per game and also the chargers like they're starting to pick up this seahawks mentality like they just do not play normal games all their games are kind of weird shootouts even a couple weeks ago when they played the jaguars it was like a weird like back and forth game too like they've consistently started to play like these really weird games every week and um the the Raiders offense is like I said, it's a better offense than people think. I mean, they lead the league. They've scored on a league high 55% of their offensive possessions, uh, which a lot of people probably wouldn't guess that the Raiders are one of the most efficient offenses, but uh, I want to transit a property. I'm only, I want to roll a car back over one more week. Cause I feel like I was robbed last week. No, no, I'm, I'm totally with you there. Currently he's the QB 14 over at fantasy pros. This is a game that has an over under of 52 points uh you mentioned the chargers they've given up the fourth most points to quarterbacks so far this season 14 touchdowns uh passing in the uh, in the seven games they played and that's including i think a zero to burrow in week one drew lock all you have to look is drew lock last week he had three touchdowns against chargers um i think Derek Hart can <laughs> easily do that that's the criteria that's all we need that's all we need here at the fake goods uh, enough fake goods. I said fake goods. Pre-snap motion podcast. Same thing. Uh, we, fake goods. It will. Uh, and we talked. And we talked about last week how well Derek Carr has quietly played this season. Um, so I, I'm totally with you on that one uh, as as a QB. So let's let's run that one together. RB. Um, I, f- I feel like I'm kind of cheating here, and I'm going. I wanted to go with uh, with. Uh, oh my God, Hasty. Uh, for San Francisco tomorrow, but I'm going to go with McKinnon, who's also uh, ranked outside of the top 24, and I get it. I mean, he he probably should be at this point. He's had three carries, I think, in the last two games. He had the tired legs last week. Um, this is just a, a a team that is has has nobody. Ayuk is on the COVID reserve. We just talked about Kittle being on IR. Debo Samuel's out. Um, Mostert's out. Tevin Coleman's out. Everybody's out um, for the, for the Niners essentially. Um, McKinnon had four targets last week. He did have four catches for 40 yards. This game has a 48 and a half point over under. Um, Green Bay they've given up the most points to uh, to running backs in fantasy so far this season. I like both the backs um, in this game, and it, it also Green Bay has given up uh, at least one touchdown to running backs in every game this season. So um, somebody's somebody's going to score for them. And hopefully it's McKinnon. 
I mean, it's arguable that McKinnon's their best wide receiver coming in yeah. to, to that game as well uh, if they play it on schedule, which it looks like they will, uh, which is another story. But, yeah, I mean, listen. McKinnon, <laughs> you, know why, you know why they're playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know why they're playing. And the, the people will tell you it's because they don't. It's not fair for Green Bay to get back on another flight or whatever. I mean, they can stay out there or whatever. But, uh, they can say that. Yeah, yeah. but you see McKinnon, McKinnon last week get a few drives in where he didn't even come out. Like he had that one whole drive. Uh, with Mullins and got the touchdown, the rushing touchdown at the end of it last week. I mean, they have to play him. It, it, dead legs or not, like he has to, he has to get snaps. <laughs> there's, there's no if it uh, nope. ends about it. Uh, so I like that call. It's, it's a real tough running back week with the amount of buys we have and injuries. Uh, I wanted to cheat and do Matt Breida, but it's just, it's <laughs> too low hanging free. I won't do it because I think he'll be. Uh, by the time we get to the end of the week, he'll move up uh, the fantasy pro yeah. rankings. Uh, I think that that just by default of the landscape that I'll go Gus Edwards. I don't mm. love this though. I don't love this pick. I feel like that he's a guy that can get you through though. Like if you're in one of these, you lost one of these guys that um, are either injured or on by the, we seen last week against the Steelers, uh, even a tough run defense. I mean, that Ravens run game is just unique and they're going to get their guys production. Uh, and Gus Edwards, you know, was a guy, he had 16 touches for 87 yards against the tough Steelers defense. He had the lone backfield touch inside the 10 uh, for as much as, you know, JK Dobbins popped in that game and should be getting more touches from the rest of the <laughs> season uh, forward. Uh, we know that this, they're going to give Gus Edwards touches. Um, so, I mean, you've got a high probability to catch a touchdown uh, from him. You're not going to catch any catches from him because he has yet to record a reception this season, which is part of the reason I don't like fully love him because his floor is kind of tied to getting a touchdown. Um, and that's always a sketchy place to start. But I feel like as much as you're chasing a touchdown, if you're going to chase a touchdown, he'd be a guy to chase one from. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I'm just going to go with Gus Edwards. I'm not even going to try to stretch it out anymore. It's all right, man. Because like, I mean, that's 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 basically what I did with Zach Moss last week, and it and it totally worked out for me. So did it worked. Uh, it worked. He had he had two touchdowns. So, um, I you'll be all right. You'll be all right. Uh, <laughs> let's get into wide receiver. Um, a guy that really stood out to me, and it's another it's another rookie. Um, and I feel like I've been I've been picking a lot of rookie wide receivers this this year, um, and running backs for that matter, but. Uh, I'm looking at Darnell Mooney. Uh, so he's a wide receiver 39 uh, going against Tennessee. This is uh, 46 and a half to 47 point over under, depending on what site you're looking at. Tennessee has given up the third most fancy points to wide receivers. Mooney, he, you look at it last season or last week, he had a season high at 93% snaps. He's had five or more targets in six straight weeks. Um, Tennessee de- defense is has just not been good on the back end. Um, and we, Nick Foles hasn't been good, obviously. Um, but this is a game that I think um, with how many targets he's getting, how much, how many snaps he's getting, and uh, the routes he's running, Mooney is a guy that kind of flies under the radar still in fantasy. And he's the guy that he, he could be your solid wide receiver three this week. Yeah, Titans are in the back half uh, um, and defending deep targets. They did trade for Desmond uh, King, but he will not be available to play, and he's going to be the slot guy anyways. He wouldn't affect Mooney. No. Uh, leads the team in air yards uh, in the games that Foles has started. So, yeah, you got, you've always got a chance to hit a money ball uh, mm-hmm. with Darnell Mooney or the, the moon ball. The moon, ooh, I like that, moon ball. That's a good yeah. one. I like that. Uh, a, lot, a lot of potential. Not there. bad for 140 in the morning there. Dude, Rich. I mean, it is. It is like, yeah, I mean, it's, you're get, you get all the best puns this, this uh, early in the morning. Uh, 
<laughs> I am going to go with uh, – I thought about – we talked about Marquise Brown. I thought about just going with him for the squeaky wheel narrative. But I'm going to go with a different Brown, uh, what Brown can do for you. And I'm just going to go back to a well that we've gone to repeatedly on the show that just hasn't failed us, so why not just go for it? And I'm going to go with uh, John Brown, Smokey Brown right. here. Uh, he returned to the lineup last week after he missed the game prior. Um, he had just two targets last week, but he did run a pass route on 96% of the Buffalo dropbacks. Uh, Seattle has literally just been an equal opportunity pass defense to opposing wideouts. Opposing wideouts have scored 64% of the non-passing points uh, that they've allowed, which is the highest rate in the league. If I can ever talk you into a guy that has just five catches for 63 yards since week two, let it be John Brown, uh, because the Seahawks have allowed 17 different wide receivers, 17 different wide receivers that have double digit PPR points against them this season. Uh, it was in danger last week if, with, with Garoppolo. Uh, Mullins Close. came in and got, got, got us there at the end. Thank God for, and, thank God uh, for Mullins. Uh, yeah, it was rough there, Grapple. That was a rough offense to watch for three three quarters. That 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 was that was my quarterback last week here. So that was that was really nice to watch. Oh, well, I mean, a lot of people played him in DFS. I yeah. I ran a lot of tournaments with him. Uh, they were dead, which early. I felt good about. I felt like I had good process at least. I mean, everyone else has gotten there against the Seahawks, uh, but uh, yeah. So I mean, um, I'm going to John Brown. I like it. I like it. Um, tight end, man. I. I don't even know what to do anymore because I feel like I just I just haven't been great. I've had a couple couple weeks well, I've hit. Who has? Um, yeah, I mean it's just it's pretty bad out there. I mean, it, the, the, like you said, the one thing fantasy or the the fantasy community is good at is 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 their tight end calls, I guess, in the top twelve. And so getting outside of there, it's really hard. To I mean, find there are only somebody. like six good ones to um, rank. So like we could just move this out of top yeah. six. <laughs> yeah, I mean once because you, that's, you a, that's at, probably what we should. Well, you look at rankings out there and you're just like, yeah, Hayden Hurst is like a locked in tight end one. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. we're, like um, we're there. Like, it's just Hunter Henry still is a locked in tight end one. It's how do you get away from it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can't, you're not yeah, going to like rank it, those. It, it's, Even if you're down rough. on those guys, you're not going to rank them at like tight end 15. Like, who, how many guys can you put over them? You can't. It's impossible. <laughs> right, right. It's like impossible. And so, like, trying to find somebody out of the top 12, um, even even more impossible, but I'm gonna go with a guy that, I mean, the snaps are there, the routes run are there, the talent is there. Um, it's just a team that just does not pass much, um, but it's it's gonna happen one of these week weeks, and I'm hoping it's Irv Smith week uh, this week. Tied in 19 so far over at Fantasy Pros. Um, I don't really have anything else to add besides he's getting the snap routes uh, or he's getting the snaps, he's getting the routes um the targets just aren't there um it's 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 tough sledding out there in the tight end in the tight end landscape so uh Irv smith it you gotta hit for one, hit for me one of these weeks so let, let it be week nine man yeah i think i'm gonna go with a guy we we i think we have each picked once and it did not work out either time for us uh <laughs> so we'll go i mean we're gonna try the same thing with her although irv did a couple weeks ago we picked him he's like the tight end 11 so that technically i mean he did okay it just it arbitrarily know, i aim higher yeah, yeah i aim yeah. higher all right um but i'm gonna go with logan thomas still uh mm. let's see if we can get this one to work for us uh he hasn't had more than four targets in a game since week three if that excites you but he has had games of uh, with a touchdown in his past two games with Kyle Allen. 
so at least makes him like a, at least a touchdown based, you know, kind of uh, opportunist at tight end. I mean, the Giants have a lot of top tight end in three straight games, which started with Thomas three weeks ago, uh, then followed by Richard Rogers and Rob Gronkowski last week. Uh, so I'm going to chase that touchdown with Logan Thomas just because no other receiver has stepped up for Washington. Uh, and really their secondary target guy has been J.D. McKissick. So I'm looking for Logan Thomas to kind of keep this thing with Kyle Allen uh, kind of moving here. I like it, man. Hopefully one <laughs> of us hit this week. And hopefully uh, you guys, you listeners, pick the, the right person as well. Um, that will be our show for the week. Uh, we, you made it rich. Like, I didn't think we were going to get this episode in, man. And, uh, we did it power out and everything. And it, the, the, the power company came through, they knew we needed to record this podcast for the people. Uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's getting late your time. Hey, we tell them, man, we got some buys and sells that drop out here for these people. Uh, we got to get this power back out. Uh, yeah. Listen, you had the worst with me. I just had to stay up. Uh, you, actually had, you actually had no power uh, for yeah. multiple hours. I was just awake, you know, waiting yeah. for you. Just uh, sitting there. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, I reached the point where the Red Bull no longer worked. Uh, but, uh, hey, we're here. Uh, I hope, Hopefully some people get some out of that. They pull some trades and, you know, that, that really helped them over the back half not the back half of the season, this back quarter of the fantasy season into the yeah. playoffs and get their rosters in order. Cause this is the time you want to wait till it's too late to set up your roster for the fantasy playoffs. I mean, we really want to get it locked in now um, and, and get our, our roster really set for this, you know, to, to finish strong at the end of the year in this unique climate. that is 2020 fantasy football. Yeah, it is definitely interesting. Uh, I do appreciate you waiting and staying up for me and i know the listeners do as well um just want to say again make sure you guys uh however you listen to this podcast you're going and subscribing rate and reviewing uh it really does help us out uh in 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 what we're doing here and what we're trying to do here um and i just want to say good luck in week nine uh, make sure you're following Rich over uh, on Twitter at Lord Reeves and I. You can find me at Chad underscore Scott thirteen. Thanks again for listening. Good luck. We'll see you week ten later.